Jesus stood among them and said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. I'm Kara Cardell. And I'm Fred Schellebarger. And you're listening to My Lord and My God, Encountering Christ in the Eucharist. So the other day, uh, we were driving in the car, and Clara just randomly goes, Mom, Mass is kind of boring. Out of nowhere, we weren't even on our way, way oh, to wow. Mass. Like, we weren't on, yeah. Like, we weren't even on our way to it church. It wasn't even like, is it over yet? No, no. We were just in the car, like, running an errand, and <laughs> Mass was not even a topic of conversation. And she goes, mm. Mom, sometimes Mass is kind of boring. And I feel like my immediate reaction to that was, like, to read into what she just said, right. you know, as a parent, I'm like, oh no, does she think mass is boring? Like, is she going to leave the faith when she's right. older? Is she yeah. going to, you know, and like all these questions start kind of reeling in my mind. I feel like a failure as Yeah, a like am, am I not handing on the faith yeah. really well? And yeah. all of these things by her simple question. And she's five years old for right. anyone who doesn't know. Um, <laughs> and so what she meant by that was, mom, mass is sometimes boring. <laughs> and yet I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm like reading into all this and thinking, you know, how do I have this like, amazing answer so I can show her that it's fun and what's all going on and you know she's five so she didn't necessarily need all that but I think a lot of us can probably relate to what she said is mass sometimes boring I I think in this discussion care we have to be honest that sometimes if we really look at our experiences honestly Mm -hmm. sometimes mass does seem boring yeah it's hard to say that no it's not but it's true okay I feel like I feel like it's very easy though to like jump on that and be like, yeah, but this is happening, this is happening and start turning it into like right. a theological Oh, for sure. And and I get that. You know, if we understand theologically what is happening, there is no way we can say it's boring. It is nothing except beautiful. But Right. We are also human beings who experience things through mm-hmm. our senses and yeah. sometimes what we hear is boring. What we right. see is boring. What right. we're experiencing is boring. Yeah. Even though on the spiritual side, on the invisible side, it's very beautiful and it's very powerful. Yes. So it's not bad to admit that. I feel like in admitting it's boring, that's when it's like you're taking that step to be like, oh, what is really happening? Like, what is, where's right. the beauty in right. it? And like, you can kind of move forward. I think that's what I mean by it's, it's hard to admit that or hard. I feel bad for saying that is because knowing the the theolo- the theology behind it the mystery and all that is and i am sure there's a lot of catholics listening you feel like there's something wrong with you mm. as a catholic this is the same thing that might make you think i'm not doing a good job as a catholic parent cuz my kids think mass is boring and then i get on social media and i see other kids praying the liturgy of the hours and <laughs> and writing their own latin translation of you know whatever you know, are and, those my kids? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like we and, we barely get through. And immediately, like I, I, I kind of I, that Catholic guilt of yeah. like, oh, I'm not I, doing I, enough. It's boring because I suck at this. Mm-hmm. You know, I think some of those feelings can creep in. Well, even even in her question, like I sent her to CGS Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, and and in there, it's just very beautiful. It draws them into a mm-hmm. um, life of prayer that is. Uh, where they are at as five-year-olds, you know, three to six-year-olds. And so then I'm like, oh, I don't even have to do anything. You know, I have that typical like religious ed parent mindset. Like they're educating my child and we still pray together at home and everything. But like I haven't taken it upon myself also to continue teaching her about the things that she's also learning 
learning there. So I, I did have that guilt. I was right. like, oh, is, is she not like fully entering into it there? Like, am I am I just handing off and mm-hmm. like passing the baton and like letting go of my my vocation and the role of my vocation? Um, so, yeah, there was definitely that guilt. But I feel like we all should at least be able to admit that. Like, how many times have you said to yourself, I didn't get anything for mass or that homily was really boring or the music was old and the canter was off key. You know, how many times is there something that draws a negative response from us? When I was younger, I remember I would pick up the bulletin on my way into church so (laughs) that I could read it during the homily. (laughs) You were the one person that read the bulletin. and I only read it because I didn't want to listen to the homily. Right. And, and, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and like, I'll admit that. I mean, yeah. that has since changed. Now I'm wrangling kids during the homily. Right. But, but I mean, how often are there those external things that we experience at mass that might not draw us into the mass yeah. and into yeah. the beauty of it? The place to start in this discussion is doing exactly what we're doing, admitting that sometimes it's not this heaven is opened Mm -hmm. we see the angels Mm -hmm. you know we see all these great things happening those things are true but in our experience of the mass it doesn't always seem evident because it is very it becomes very ordinary to us and we take it for granted i'm struck by the idea that you know people get hung up on it's always the same Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's the structure they're talking about it's always the same structure order of the mass the order of the mass and such and I don't know, as a convert, I get that. But as a convert, that was the thing that initially drew me in Mm -hmm. was the beauty of that. Like the first mass I attended, I had just learned about Justin Martyr writing in 150, Mm -hmm. the year 150, his order of the mass. And I was kind of experiencing the grace of conversion in a lot of ways. And I go to mass and I see that structure in the mass. Mm -hmm. like Handed on for thousands of years. Yeah. And it was to me, that was like, oh, wow, this is what I've been looking for. Like, mm-hmm. it inspired me. Mm-hmm. And then the longer I've become Catholic, you know, people give converts too much credit sometimes, I think, because <laughs> they, they think, you know, oh, you take converts are great because they take their faith seriously. I'm here to tell you, you know, 12 years into this adventure, mm-hmm. we can take it for granted too. Right. It becomes ordinary, mm-hmm. and we can fall into the trap of, of taking all these things for granted as well. I think there's a twofold to that. Like if you are somebody who goes and experiences mass every single day, Mm -hmm. there can be a routine and, you know, something mundane about it because you go and experience it every day. Or on the opposite end, if you're somebody who um, isn't particularly drawn to mass, maybe you miss Sunday here or there. Like there's also, you know, that tendency to space out or not pull anything from mass or only looking at the surface level things too yeah so i feel like it's it's relatable for any catholic Mm. on any level of their faith yeah what it comes down to is the reality of what is the eucharist what are we celebrating at mass Mm. why are we there it's receiving christ it's worshiping Mm -hmm. god ultimately but it's we're also given a great gift christ god himself present body blood soul and divinity and i think Keeping ourselves away from that just because we don't like the homily or we don't like the music or yeah. we find this thing or that thing boring, what a disservice. Yeah. You know, what What an injustice. Um, I, I don't know. I just keep coming back to that. There's a lot of things in life that are ordinary, a lot of things in life that are always the same. Mm-hmm. You were a dancer, correct, Kara? I was a dancer for, I don't know, like 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I'm I'm borrowing a little bit from Bishop Barron on this, but 
try to hang with me on okay. this analogy. I'm going to do my best okay. and speak dancery language. Uh, Good start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I think like with dance, with anything you want to be good at, whether you're any other kind of athlete, a musician or whatever, but I'm going to like draw from your experience as a dancer in particular. There's a lot of sameness with your practice, right? Sameness? <laughs> <laughs> like you go there and it's the same thing every week or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. there's a structure that's always the same. There is. You warm up, you go across the floor, maybe you get to a routine, you switch shoes, right. you do it all over again with a different And uh, how many yeah, times have style. you heard the phrase, one last time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, there's a reason for that, right? Right. I think that's a lot like going to mass as a Catholic. That's us practicing our faith. It mm -hmm. is like going to practice. Yeah. You know, we have to do those basic things. And yes, it is ordinary mm -hmm. and it is samey in terms of the structure. What was that practice like for you, though? I mean, if I'm speaking honestly, it kind of depended. Like some practices were were boring. You know, we would go there and it would be the same warm up routine and the same, you know, across the floor exercises. And my favorite was always when we started learning the routines and when there was new choreography to bring home. So sometimes it was boring too when we would go and we would do the routine, but nothing would be added on. It's like, I already knew this. I already got this. So it, it was a both and. Like I, I loved dance so much that I enjoyed practices, but sometimes I left practices feeling unfulfilled because there wasn't something to like be joyful about something different. So those new things, those new experiences you had always brought ex excitement, right? Yeah. Like if I could go home and be like, you know, mom, look at the new thing we added or right. guess what? Like there's this turn sequence that we all suck at where we have to practice and it's going to be really cool when <laughs> yeah. we get it. And yeah, there was excitement there. Nice. And it was always looking forward to that final performance, right? right. Mm -hmm. Like you're always looking for, I'm going to perform this in front of people. Yeah. And that's the thing that gets you through the routine, right? Right. Um, so I'm, tr I'm trying to make this correlation. Like, I think mass is a lot like that. Yeah. Like there's the structure is always the same. It never changes. You do the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So for dance, for you, it's repetition is important in building muscle memory, right? Mm -hmm. You need that. Yeah. Why is muscle memory important? So that you don't forget that I have <laughs> nightmares about about like going on stage and not knowing what I'm doing. You need muscle memory because you need to remember the dance. You right. need to memorize what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. For the mass, I think that that repetition, it's a rhythm. It helps us to mm -hmm. pray better. It's just like with dance, like to find what is safe, what is comfortable. Muscle memory also ensures that you're going to land correctly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like in dance. I don't know. I'm just I'm reaching. Are you here. a dancer? I've been around dance. <laughs> A long time because I'd like to see because, you do a leap, Fred. Yeah, it's not gonna. I could do a leap, but <laughs> the splits, I, I the splits. will not land well. Okay. Um, but muscle memory helps all those things, and, and I feel like it's just that way with the mass through the repetition. I feel like there's a level of trust. Like I, I kind of hear this in the analogy. Like with dance, as you continue to practice and you continue to work with what you know you're supposed to be performing, even even the skills, like not necessarily the routines, but even just the skills. There's a level of trust in your own body. Like I trust that my feet are gonna come down and catch me. I trust that when I roll on the floor, I'm not gonna crack my knee. And I think I see the same thing with mass. Like as you continue going and experiencing that mass and even the mundane, even if you walk away from one out of five masses and, you know, you feel that was boring, 
there should still be a growing level of trust that you have in God and in the church. Like I see that correlation as you're kind of asking me these questions. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I've just, I've, I was struck by that. And of course, Crystal's a dancer, Crystal, my wife, for the listeners that don't know that. And, and you a dancer, my daughters are dancers. Mm -hmm. My sons are not dancers, but they do Taekwondo. (laughs) Um, I'm just struck by that. I, I need more time to reflect on this, I think, but the beauty in that of mass being a lot like athletics, athletics, but I'm, I keep tying it to dance. So I have a question for you then. So what if like, obviously with that, we're talking about athletics, like when you go to practice and you repeat things, like you're supposed to be getting better. You're supposed to be remembering it. You're supposed to be getting faster or whatever. What if that's not what's happening at mass? Like you go to mass, there's that repetition and you're saying you're supposed to be growing then and getting stronger and, Mm. and all of these things. And I said, you're supposed to grow and trust. Like, what if that doesn't happen? Kara, I think you already answered this question, actually. A lot of it has to do with where our mind is when we come. Mm-hmm. So you talked about how every practice being the same. Mm-hmm. You do tend to do the same things over again. But the thing you pointed to, and the thing, like, our listeners can't hear it, but I saw it on your face. Mm-hmm. You haven't danced in a little while. You still do choreography. Yeah. But you got excited about the new things yeah. that you would learn mm-hmm. and I could still see the joy on your face. It's the same thing with mass. Where is our focus when we come to mass? Is it on the structure is always the same. It's always the same. It's mm-hmm. always the Just same. Just get through the hour. I love how you say get through the hour. Cause that that's how a lot of people experience it. Yeah. Or is it looking for the richness, the depth, what's different, what's new? Because the reality is that every mass there's something different there's mm-hmm. something new mm-hmm. and that has a lot to do with whether we realize that or not has a lot to do with how we experience it how we grow yeah how whether or not we perceive mass as something boring i kind of want to um latch on to that too because i don't want to perpetuate anyone's catholic guilt <laughs> so if you leave mass not having something new that was brought to you like that's not something to them be like oh i didn't have a very good mass this time yeah it's maybe that is what is the new like god is showing you hey next time you come back i want you to enter into this a little bit differently or a little bit more fully but just recognizing you know i don't remember what the readings were or i really couldn't focus this time like that's okay and Mm -hmm. maybe that's what was supposed to you were supposed to get out of that mass was just that recognition absolutely So don't let yourself feel guilty about those experiences no and i I think the most important thing is that you come what you offer to the lord Mm -hmm. in the mass i think that's just as important uh in that sometimes you know just talking about um like the things that we go and we we see or we hear or we feel like these senses like sometimes when our reaction is so based on the senses like I didn't like the homily and I couldn't hear the canter and I couldn't this and this like the initial response in fixing it is also so external like Mm. oh well we need this grand band and this light show we need screens we need screens and we need to bring in you know the the next greatest speaker and like all of these external responses to external problems right but really like the mass does speak for itself it Mm -hmm. really does like it's so beautiful we just got to have a conversation with a good friend of ours and he's a convert and he was very like against coming into the church he had his ideas of what a christian looked like and he said it was the solemnity like the reverence of the mass 
that pulled him in. Mm -hmm. So, so often we think like, let's make mass like this other service. You know, I can go over to that other church across the street because that looks more fun. That looks more exciting. And we think like, let's be more like them. So people will think we're fun. Right. But the reality is that a beautiful mass speaks for itself. And that's really what our heart desires. But I do remember um, Pope Francis when I know a lot of people kind of were up in arms when he put out that letter about um, can't have Latin mass or whatever that Mm. that whole thing. But he wrote in that letter, um, we don't live in a time where people can read the language of sign. Mm. And it's so true because so many things in mass are in the language of science. So I'll give you an example. Like when the priest holds up the chalice and the patent with the bread on with Jesus on, and he lifts it up into the air. That's called the offering. We just see him as like, Oh, he's putting his hands in the air. Right. But really what's happening is all of, all of our petitions, all of our sacrifices that we unite in the mass like we are offering that up to God. And if you if you ever watch the um the consecration, there's um there's a, a motion that they do, a gesture that they do called the epiclesis, mm. where they make a triangle like, you know, that of right. the Holy Trinity and they call down the Holy Spirit. So God comes down at the Mass, and then when they lift up the gifts, we receive that gift and we give ourselves back as a gift. Like it's this exchange of gifts. Mm-hmm. And that's just happening through motion. Right. But we don't like we don't look at that happening and be like, God's God's coming down. I'm giving myself back to God. Like we don't associate that. And so Mm -hmm. I agree with Pope Francis. We don't live in a time where we read the language of sign and the language of gesture. And so sometimes when we see something external and we hear like, oh, they thought that was boring. We associate with external. But really, if we were able to read those, like the beauties of that. Mm-hmm. It it answers our our hearts of desire. We're yeah. drawn into it. We want the smells and the bells. Absolutely, I, I think that it works with that analogy of dance too. Like, did you only practice at practice? No, I would go home and practice, and I would go to the gym and work out and lift weights and <laughs> yeah. practice. And yeah. yeah, you didn't win athlete of the year by only going to the practice, <laughs> right? Um, so I think that applies here. That idea of seeing beyond just that like to understand mass as that as you described it that takes something beyond just going to mass yeah like a prayer life at home a prayer life at home also like coming into the mass looking for the things that are different looking for those joys that you mentioned Mm -hmm. oh wow did you know this or i can do this now it's the same thing like the prayers at every mass are different and they're beautiful every time. Like the mass of structure itself might be the same, but every day we're offered new prayers that we pray, often with some of the most beautiful words you're, you're going to find. They teach us the language of prayer. The scripture readings are different every day at mass, a new word in season to meet the needs of that day. Over the course of three years, you're going you're gonna to encounter the whole Bible, really. Um, you know, the community itself Every Mass, in a way, it's the same community, but it's also a different community at every Mass. That affects. There's something different there. The context of our lives, what we're going through, what we're experiencing in our lives, we bring that to Mass. What's going on in the world around us? All of those things. If we enter Mass, like we tend to think Christ is present on the altar. Yes, that's true. 
but he's also present in us. Right. And when we come to mass with that realization, mm-hmm. mass isn't boring because every mass is different. So I think of like Crystal and I, when we first started dating, she's very much dancer, went to a lot of ballets together. Not something at the time that I ever thought I would yeah. do or enjoy, but we went to ballets a lot. And I remember what struck me, it would always like how together they all were. Mm-hmm really just yeah. like blew my mind. Yeah. You have to be. <laughs> yeah. And and yet in that togetherness there was always one or two dancers that stood out yeah. more than any of the others. Yeah. In fact there was one that I, I don't remember anything about her, but we went to several of her ballets because she stood out mm-hmm. like something different. And I think it's the same thing with Mass, with that dancer. Like she no doubt came to practice with the realization of looking for those things that are different, looking beyond the mundane, looking beyond the boring, if you will, structure. She was always looking past that. What what I'm trying to say in that is to the degree that we enter into the routine, Mm -hmm. go to mass and practice our faith, that's the degree that we're going to find joy in mass, Mm -hmm. that we're going to see that it's not boring. I like the point of they're all they all um were together they were all the same but they like uh, individuals stood out yeah and i guess i relate to that as like you know from the dance perspective you know you want to put your heart and soul into the routine you want to like show emotion you want to show the joy or whatever so in the church you know we're all united in the body of christ so as a community we are all one but there's something different about the people or the families right who really take their their faith seriously and live mm. it in the world. And I feel like that's something too, like if you hear something new or you're experiencing something new and exciting, like, you know, I, mm. I shared about, I got excited and I wanted to go home. And I could still see it yeah, on your face. Yeah, yeah, you know? But if you do that with mass, like, or you hear something you really loved, go out and tell someone. I feel like so often as Catholics, we keep things so close to the vest and we're like, yeah, that was great. And we talk about it in the car on the way home and never bring it up again. But go out and share. That's what the last words of Mass are. Go uh, glorifying the Lord by your life. By your life, yes. And then we say, thanks be to God. And it's like, right. thanks be to God. Yeah. That's how it sounds. Right. But you're not saying like, yeah, thanks be to God, Mass is over. I get to <laughs> right. go home and watch football. Yeah. You're saying, thanks be to God. Like, yes, I will glorify the Lord with my life as I leave this church. Yeah. You're supposed to leave different. Absolutely. I think that's kind of the point, too, with this whole dance analogy is like, why do you dance? Why do you do that? Why do you go through all those practice? You dance to inspire, right? You dance to be graceful because you love it. Isn't mass the same though? Mm -hmm. Like there is an encounter with Christ there. It's through the Eucharist that we learned how to land without injury. Right. You know, it's through the Eucharist that we learn how to inspire. It's through the Eucharist that we learned how to truly be graceful. Yeah. I just keep seeing this connection between the mass and dance. I don't know why. For all dancers, for all (laughs) non-dancers, they're probably like, okay. What's this guy talking about? In my defense, I am talking to a dancer, so I was hoping. (laughs) I do get it. (laughs) I definitely get it. Yeah, so um, it's okay to admit that, you know, if you find mass difficult to follow along, if you find mass sometimes boring, but I guess I would challenge you in that, if that is you, first admit it, and that's okay, but then, like, go and discover more about the mass. So continue to listen to this podcast where we're going to talk about the Eucharist. We're going to talk about mass and, and a lot of different things, but 
go and continue to learn like what is actually happening because then there's that joy in discovering something new and then experiencing Mm -hmm. it. So we're not going to talk about it here um, in this episode, but throughout the course of, of this um, podcast series, like we're going to talk about what is happening at the mass when the invisible world meets the visible world. We'll talk about, you know, those angels and the saints coming and worshiping with us at mass, which I think is so like, that's what, that's actually the answer I gave to my daughter. I didn't know how to explain, no, mass is fun. So I didn't. I didn't Mm -hmm. say mass is fun. I said, you're right, Clara. Sometimes mass can be a little bit boring. I know we ask you to sit still. I know we ask you not to talk. And as a five-year-old, like, that's not fun for her. She likes to talk. She likes to talk. (laughs) And we we explained to her, like, it's a time for us to speak quietly to God and for God to talk back to you. And I did say to her, though, I said, but at mass, we don't get to see them but there are angels there with us and there are saints there with us. And that's how I left it. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, zhuzh it up and try and Mm -hmm. make it just like, yeah, but it's a party and try and show her that it's fun. I just wanted to show her the beauty of it. And like, this is the truth because ultimately I'm not the one who's going to draw her into the mass. God's the one who's going to do that. And the mass is what is going to do that. And so I left it very simple. And so in this episode, we're, we're trying to leave it a little bit simple. Yeah. Um, it's okay to admit that it's boring, but then challenge yourself to like go and discover a little bit more about what's really happening and the beauty of mass to help draw yourself into it.